I'm going to adjudicate the defendant guilty, sentence her 10.6625 years in the Department of Corrections. Her credit is 566 days, so with credit for the 566 days. On count one, the DUI manslaughter, uh, second-degree felony, I'm going to adjudicate you guilty. I'm going to sentence you consecutively to seven years in the Department of Corrections to be served after the 10.6625. All right. Any questions, Ms. Sitch? All right. You have 30 days to appeal. That must be in writing with the court report. If you cannot afford counsel, to appoint counsel to represent you. What a great picture of me. This is great. I know. Will you leave me alone? Oh, hi. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the WWF May... I mean, (laughs) the Sunny Show today. I told everybody I'd get Todd out of here and it would be my show and that's the way it is. And you know what? 10 o'clock in the morning, I wake up looking this good. I know everybody tuned in just to see me, but there are a few things that those producers told me I have to talk about. What were they again? Hunter Hearst Will you be quiet? I know. In a different timeline, a different set of circumstances, and a life unencumbered by substance abuse, Tammy Sitch would be revered as a trend-setting female in the history of professional wrestling, rising to fame in her early 20s and flaming out by the time the candles were blown out on her 30th birthday. This past Monday's sentencing of Sitch was the latest chapter in a tortured life that sadly extended beyond her own well-being and affecting innocent ones around her, including the fatality of 75-year-old Julian Lassiter in March of 2022. Officers say Sitch slammed into a car that was stopped at a traffic light on US-1 on March 25th, killing a 75-year-old man. In a traffic report, police say two witnesses told them Sitch was driving at a high rate of speed before hitting the other car. It was a bad scene. It was one of the worst wrecks I've ever seen. Sitch was introduced at the age of 20 on Smoky Mountain Wrestling after Jim Cornette found a way to justify Chris Candido uprooting himself from New Jersey and being able to make ends meet through two weekly payoffs as opposed to one through the hiring of Sitch. While her full potential and charisma were still to come, it was evident from day one that she was a talent with a high ceiling that exploded after joining the World Wrestling Federation in 1995 and becoming one of the most popular female pinups the industry had ever seen. Yes, the archetype had been explored in World Class and Jim Crockett promotions, among other territories, but it was fertile ground in the more conservative WWF to have a strong heel female presence that commanded your attention on screen with an attitude and agency rarely exhibited by females in professional wrestling. To get out there and do your thing and have them chant your name, it's a pretty wild rush. They love me. You can even find Sunny on the internet. These sexy shots have made her the most downloaded pinup girl in history. Hey, T, here we are with an exclusive photo shoot just for you. We're at 1.5 million downloads, and hopefully this shoot will make it 2 million. Well, believe it or not, working in the wrestling ring was not Sunny's original dream. When she was just a budding little sunbeam, she wanted to be a doctor. Her popularity explosion coincided with more and more homes going online, and Sitch instantly becoming one of the most downloadable figures of the era, setting the table for the raunchiest period of the promotion's history through the remainder of the decade and into the new millennium through its marketing of its female talent. From 1990 onward, Sitch's entry into the industry came through boyfriend Chris Candido, who met Sitch while performing at an independent show in New Jersey, and the two became a packaged item for the next 15 years, through good times and many bad. Sitch followed Candido to Memphis and later to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, gaining her own identity as Tammy Fitch as a dialed-up version of Hillary Clinton using the women's movement as a heel tactic in a part of the country that would be deemed less accepting of a strong female presence. 
My name is Tammy Fitch of the New England Fitches. I'm sure you've heard of us. I am currently enrolled in Wellesley College, the same school that my personal idol, Hillary Clinton, attended. Mrs. Clinton has proven that a woman can do anything she wants, and I have decided to make a difference in this organization by becoming the first woman to hold a prominent position. The relationship was rife with tumult, and while Candido began using steroids as a teenager and graduated to somas and other pills in his wrestling career, his biggest vice was Sitch, and those around him tried to stage interventions. In Candido's biography, No Gimmicks Needed, a story is shared of Percy Pringle sitting down with Candido and informing him of all the rumors and stories regarding Sitch outside of their relationship and designed as a wake-up call. Candido's response was not to argue or deny, but simply to state, but Percy, I love her. And they, they were just young, and they, they got had a big break. And, and what bothered me is Chris would kind of follow uh, Tammy around, you know, like a little yeah. puppy dog, and, and you know what I'm talking about. And one day in Madison Square Gardens, I called him out in front of all the boys. I said, Chris, come here. And I called him around to the back, and I told him just what I told you. You know, I said, this is what, what we think. And Percy, I love her. I said, it's great. I just wanted you to know, you know. I don't like her. A more direct condemnation of Sitch came in the same book by his father, Don Candido. Quote, Christopher's biggest problem and the reason for 99% of his actions and his issues was his involvement with Tammy. All I will say here is that if Tammy never entered his life, he would be alive and happy today, and she knows it. End quote. Whether Candido stayed in denial or just opted to accept Sitch for all her faults and stories of infidelity, he remained loyal and often held himself responsible for bringing Sitch into a wild carnival industry rife with drugs, politics, and cheaters. In Sitch's statement at Monday's hearing, she cited the death of Candido in April of 2005 as setting her down a dark path of substance abuse that culminated in Lassiter's death. Anyone remotely familiar with the story of Sitch knows that her problems predated 2005 by years and years and were her undoing in WWE and WCW with the drug issues put on display in 1999 on ECW television in one of the tackiest and most off-putting segments of professional wrestling television. My first drink was at home. And there were no more pills to make you go to sleep. There have been times when my, when, my, when my dad died, I would want to go with him. When my niece died, I wanted to be there with her too. Stacy, and she died when she was 16. I was in the hospital, and she was on life support. And I was holding her hand, and she, she died. And she went cold in my hands. I didn't want to let her go. I couldn't let her go. And there were some nights that I was hoping I wouldn't wake up next morning. Tell me that. Describe that feeling. The worst feeling in the world. Worst feeling in the world. To know that you don't care if you wake up in the next morning or not. The two were not good for one another, and drug issues became the master they served, with talent and potential being wasted by two incredible performers with their respective attributes. Despite the drugs and spiraling issues, the two had cultivated a comfortable nest egg, including the purchase of their dream home in New Jersey. Their exit from ECW saw their financial picture placed in ruins after raking up enormous debt through travel accommodations they assumed with the promise of the company repaying them. The debt was written off to allow Candido and Sitch out of their contracts, according to Candido's biography, leaving them forced to give up their dream home to live in a more modest house. WCW fell through with the two on thin ice and both were gone quickly after Sitch was accused of using drugs in the locker room, which she denied. Candido's contract was cut that same year after he suffered a series of injuries and didn't wrestle for the promotion after June of 2000. 
What should have been their prime earning years in the 2000s saw Candido and Sitch on the outskirts of the industry, seeking work in Puerto Rico, XPW, and various independents. Candido received his wake-up call in 2004 and got clean, with an aim to get his career and life back in order at the age of 31. He applied himself earnestly, and while WWE seemed like a pipe dream, he did find a spot in the upstart TNA and a role managing the Naturals. His story ended in as sad a fashion as possible, breaking his leg and dislocating his ankle at the April 2005 lockdown event and opting to show up and work the TV tapings the next day and fly home after surgery. The day after his flight home, he was admitted to hospital. It was believed that he had a clot that traveled to his lung, leading to pneumonia and sadly dying at the age of 33. It was a gut punch to the wrestling industry and a tragic story of someone who had legitimately turned his life around and kicked a deadly lifestyle, only to succumb to something that was so preventable had he known the danger he was placing himself in by boarding that flight and pushing himself beyond his physical limitations post-surgery. The story of Sitch in 2005 was one of chasing past glory and being a subject of whatever happened to stories and tales. Every so often, Sitch would resurface at a show or take part in a shoot interview and put on a happy face of plans to go back to school or find a different career path and project that the best was yet to come, but it never was and never did. After a revival through several WWE appearances, Sitch was back in the pro wrestling ecosystem. She appeared on a 15th anniversary of Raw special in December of 2007, had a cameo during a battle royal at WrestleMania 25, and culminated with her Hall of Fame induction in April of 2011 during WrestleMania weekend. The same class, led by Shawn Michaels, who she was romantically involved with during the mid-90s period in the company, and discussed at length in Sitch's own book, A Star Shattered, The Fall and Rise of Tammy Sitch. Life is good. At 45, life is good. I'm making more money now than I have in years. I have an amazing relationship that I haven't had since Chris passed away. Right. It's amazing. I mean, my boyfriend is like, best thing ever. And he's dropped dead gorgeous, too. You've seen him. Throughout the next decade, no headlines would be flattering for Sitch as she went through a laundry list of arrests, rehab stints, and jail sentences. In 2012, she was arrested five times within four weeks. 2013, another arrest, serving 114 days in jail. 2015, three DUI arrests and spends over 90 days in rehab. 2016, violates her parole and is sent to jail. 2018, two DUI charges in less than two weeks and is deemed a fugitive after failing to appear in court, later spending over six months in jail. 2019, arrested for another DUI, serving a year in prison. 2020, arrested on multiple charges and held in custody for 11 months. Yeah, it's, it, it, jail sucks. You just like, like I said, you just have to learn how to make the best of it. But I was like, I was ordering like tuna packs, chicken packs, making, you know, as much as I could doing, you know, doing what you can. We have a microwave so you can cook. So you just got to make the best of it. And hope hope your time goes by fast. But luckily, no more. No more. 2022, arrested in January for unlawfully possessing a weapon and making terroristic threats, but released one day later. Then one month after that, arrested on 11 driving offenses, including her latest DUI. And it all leads to March 2022. While driving intoxicated, strikes Julian Lasseter from behind at a stoplight and kills the 75-year-old driver. It is later revealed that she had 3.5 times the legal limit of alcohol in her system. She had been in jail since May of last year, prior to Monday's sentencing. This past Monday, after pleading no contest three months earlier, Sitch is sentenced to more than 17 years in prison for the charges attached to the death of Lasseter, with an additional eight years of probation when she is released, along with other stipulations including permanent revocation of her driver's license. So what now? There is no immediate answer or remedy one can arrive at regarding Sitch. 
We live in a society where the hope is that one can find proper rehabilitation and with the work put in, manage to work their way back as a contributing member of society. That sentiment towards Sitch has dwindled with every successive arrest and infraction that has seen those championing her recovery constantly met with head-shaking actions and destructive choices that now have a body count. It's a fine line distinguishing between a woman who is clearly diseased in the most severe way through an uncontrollable addiction to alcohol. We have seen a level of growth as a society towards those with addiction struggles, but it becomes another matter when that same person is repeatedly putting others' lives at risk by constantly abusing their body with alcohol and opting to reach for a set of car keys and get behind the wheel in that state. Celebrity is a very odd drug in and of itself. It allows for someone to be given chance after chance after chance, far more than the average citizen experiencing the same plights. It is why Tammy Sitch is still covered and focused upon years after she was an active contributor in the field that garnered that celebrity. And sadly, there will not be long-form dedications written about Julian Lasseter, nor others affected by the decisions of celebrities and individuals with no compunction for the law, nor lessons learned from prior mistakes and near tragedies. Instead, Sitch never received the wake-up call, was never scared straight, and always always felt that tempting the worst possible outcome would somehow see her come out ahead and without consequence. She will face a grave consequence, sequestered in a jail cell for the better part of two decades, entering at the age of 50, where there is so much life left to live, and most of those remaining years will be enclosed, away from society, leaving behind a world that will be wholly changed if and when she re-enters it. There is no silver lining, no redemptive message or ray of hope to end the story of Tammy Sitch. She is a tragic figure, a severely diseased one, and she will pay a terrible cost, but not the ultimate one, because that was paid by Julian Lasseter through no fault of his own. When I was 16 years old, I decided to apply to college and study biology and pre-med because I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to help people through their pain and suffering, but more importantly, I wanted to heal people. One of the most popular faces and everything else from WWF, Sunny. Now you have me on here. Why do you start off showing cheesecake shots like a bikini video? On March 25th, 2022, I did the opposite of that. I did harm to someone else. And my entire being was crushed. My career path took a different course than medical. But my morals, values, and ethics have always remained the same. I'm more of the approachable one, more of the girl next door. So the younger kids who watch me, you know, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna watch me, especially little girls. Wow, you not, not believe all the letters I get from little girls saying they want to be just like me. I try to think about the good I've done. Because when I sit alone thinking about what I did to the Lasser family that tragic day, from a stupid decision, I feel the regret and remorse deep inside my soul. I know that they don't get to rest knowing he's gone. Because when I was 20, I lost my father as well to heart disease. And just last August, my 87-year-old mother passed away while I've been incarcerated. I never got to say goodbye to her, just as they didn't get to say goodbye to their beloved family member. Very natural for me to be in front of a crowd. That's no big deal. And I don't know, I just I just knew how to look into that camera. And I, I acted like I was looking into people's eyes when they were, you know, through their TV screen, not just at a camera. You really have to connect with the people at home or they're never going to they're never going to buy it. There are many things in my life that I wish I would have done differently. But they say everything happens for a reason. I refuse to go backward and make the same mistakes again. Because the pain I feel in my heart for what happened is indescribable. What I try to do 
is I try to not I try to let myself not go too far with any photo shoots I do or the way I portray my image. If I could bring Mr. Lasser back and take his place, I would in an instant. I feel that if I was given the chance to change, to redeem myself, and if I used my resources, my personal experiences, my history, and a little bit of the fame that I garnered a long time ago. Well, it's that time again. Time to let the sun shine in. I can be a true asset to the community by helping to educate our youth and adults about the dangers of drinking and driving. 39-year-old Tamara Sitch was arrested again late today. That's her second arrest in two days and her fifth arrest in the last month. The dangers of not having your mental illness properly treated and the catastrophic events that can result from it. Real quick, what's your last name? Sitch, S-Y-T-C-H. What's your first name? Tamara. Okay, what's your middle name? Lynn. And what's your date of birth? 12-7-17. I would ask that you give me the opportunity to atone for what I've done and then to be released and decided to contribute to it in the most positive way possible. Now, it's obvious that The Sunny Show has been a smashing success. Now, tomorrow on Sunny Zone should be even better. And you know, as they say, third time's a charm, Monday night, sunny. Tamara Sitch is now heading to prison for the next 17 and a half years, followed by eight years of probation. Now, she spoke in court here today apologizing to that family, but the family of the victim tells me that nothing that happened today will fix or ever make them feel better about what happened. I wish we had a different outcome today. Uh, I don't want anybody else to have to suffer the loss of what we've had to suffer and what my family's had to go through. In Daytona Beach, Volusia County, I'm Molly Reed getting results, News 6.